It's 11.13. We've just watched three different kids shows. On a Thursday night. We need to wake up a bit. Gemma's holding a glass of wine in the most kind of nonchalant, bougie way. It's because he put it in a champagne glass. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help. I'm getting ready to talk about Clover and Totally Spies. When you're listening to this, we will be in Spain. We'll be on holiday. I know two different sayings. Eroff de Bogavante. Lobster with rice. E uno cerveza de glifo, por favor. One beer on tap. Grande. Buenos dias. Very good. Buenos noches. Good night. Yeah, it was good day and good night. Oh, is it both? No, it was good day then good night. They're different ones, aren't they? They're different words in English and different words in Spanish. Cuanto es? La cuenta, por favor. Vino blanco. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. At this point, you are just saying random Spanish phrases. Counting to ten. You should know that from the U2 song. Where's Bono now when we need him? Hello and welcome back to an episode of Remember This, the podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault and part time capsule as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. How are you? I'm all right. That voice speaking then with a glass of champagne in her hands. It's not champagne, it's wine in a champagne glass. That was Gemma Bentley Viney. Oh yeah, sorry. Hello. Can you introduce me please? Oh, and I'm joined by... Introduce me. Um, oh, do you want me to say your full name? Yeah, I said your name. And I'm joined by Matt Bentley Viney. We are related. Through marriage. By law. Not even just a Haribo ring. That is cemented on. I like it. Do you? It's all right. I like it so we can do this podcast. Want to do this really annoying intro every single time. Like we're, <laughs> we're married. What would we do if we would you say, yep, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. I see myself as much more than just your partner. Oh, I, I, no, I said boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> I didn't say one way. It wasn't saying that you're an extension of me. Thank you very much. I'm woke AF. Good. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, Matt's been working in the kitchen. You may this have had, gonna... we've mentioned in the last episode. It's done now. It's completed today. It's People beautiful. needed, they need closure. They and needed closure on the kitchen story. I'm going to do Instagrams of like the story and it looks really good. And then we're going to Spain. Yay. That was just one humble brag after another. That's what the podcast should be called. I've got really. my wine and a champagne glass. We've got a new kitchen and we're going on holiday. Mm. I sound like a 40 year old woman. <laughs> All of those things together make me sound about 40. I think that was the only reason we're doing this podcast is so we could do the kitchen and brag about it. That is the only reason that we've made up this facade of, oh, we might talk about kids stuff. Really, I just wanted to tell everyone, by the way, guys, I've I've done the kitchen. And that's what Instagram's for. Also, I'd like to add, we did watch Handmaid's Tale earlier today. So to justify us watching three kids TV shows, we did watch Handmaid's Tale. So if anything... We needed to watch these afterwards. And in fairness, we've got some stone cold classics in here today. Oh, no, I'm going to be probably saying that every week and one day we won't be able to say it anymore. All of your options are classics. You're saying that as if it's a, an insult. You're looking at me as if that's some kind <laughs> of backhanded insult. I'm the original hipster. I am quite confident no one's watched one of these. I don't know anybody other than me and my brother who doesn't count because it was on the same VHS watched Magic House. That's quite a claim to fame. I don't think anyone's seen it. So the three kids shows we watched today were as follows. Totally Spies. Good theme song. Top five kids TV theme songs of all time for me. 
Well, another very good theme song that everybody knows and gets played at a lot of like walkabout nights out. Chuckle Vision. They've always looked the same age to me. I remember when I was young thinking they're old. Or even in this episode, I agree that they look exactly how... They look exactly like they do now. They've not aged. They've just always been late 40s, 50s. Yeah, but it doesn't help. They were wearing these fleeces, which we'll talk about more later. But they they were wearing clothes that my granddad used to wear. The bargain hunt. The red team and the blue team. And then the final TV show we watched, because we thought, hey, it's 11 o'clock, why not watch one more, was The Magic House. It said half an hour, but it was actually two episodes in one half an hour. So Matt was very pleased when it we could end it. Oh my god, fifteen minutes. Yeah. I honestly thought it was going to be thirty minutes long, and I was not mentally prepared to talk about that. I just wasn't. I was checking out. Actually, we need to just go through the mailbag. We need to go through have the we emails. Shut up. Have we got an email? Yeah, we do. Oh my God, we don't have an email. No, we do. Thank you so much for oh my emailing God. in. Oh no, is this going to be like when you do a joke and it's actually welcome to Google Mail and you're going to be like, because that's actually so quite mean. the first email we received what, was we received more from than one? no reply at accounts.google.com. Oh, that's not funny. That's really mean. And it really says mean. new device signed into, remember this question mark at gmail.com. I don't really know how to reply to that, but thanks for getting in touch. That's really cool. I'll Google if that's kind of a kid's show or something like that. But yeah, it was good to hear from you. I was genuinely excited. And we've had another email. Oh, no, this is actually a very boring email. As part of our ongoing efforts to improve transparency and communication, we're updating our terms and services. We're updating our terms of service in the European Economic Area in Switzerland and wanted to let you know about these changes. We provided a summary of the key changes, (laughs) but here's a snapshot of what we've done. Improved readability. While still a legal document, we've done our best to make the terms clearer and easier to understand. lift music noise like dun dun dun, I would do that now. Wait, should I do it as if I'm in the magic house? We've clarified the content license you grant us to make it easier to understand. We're not asking for additional permissions and there's no difference in how we're using your content. That was actually quite good. You were being the brush, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, you were, weren't you? I knew which one you were. So thank you. And there was one final email. Oh, was that? No. No, there was. There was one final email. It's from googlecommunity.com. Oh, you're horrible. <laughs> I genuinely... At the start of that, thought for a minute, that was actually really cruel. But guys, that was just a a very elongated way of me saying, you can email us if you want to send us recommendations or anything like that. I know Instagram's easier. I know Twitter's easier. But email, we're bringing it back. Well, look, look, guys, if you like podcasts, you like telly and you like nostalgia, you know what you should do? You should like, subscribe and rate this podcast. We'd like it. We do check. So the first show we watched was called Totally Spies. Gemma, do you have any information that you can talk about? Because this is your choice. I can enter it, but I don't have any facts. Gemma, that's the world we live in though, isn't it? Like Nobody has any facts on anything. I'm a politician. Nobody has any facts, but you know, I, I could talk about it. I, I could do that. <laughs> I loved Totally Spies growing up. I thought it was very cool. I was like, oh yeah, this is grown up. When really it wasn't, and I was probably about nine Maybe younger. I think I was might have been younger. I remember talking to my friend Charlotte about it. And that was like young. And it's kind of like a more grown up Powerpuff Girls vibe I always found. It was on Nickelodeon. I was always more of a Nickelodeon girl over a Disney girl. We had, as told by Ginger, we had Unfabulous. I was a lot more of a Nickelodeon girl. And I loved Totally Spies on there. It was proper girly TV show. I was a 
girly girl. I loved it. Is that is that your facts? Is, is mm-hmm. that just the Gemma facts? They're very specific to it's you. It's Gemma's third favourite kids TV show okay. theme song. Yep. That's, that's on Wikipedia, to be fair. It uh, is. I think we it's on IMDb it. as well. However, we watched the pilot episode. Is that what we watched? Yes. That's what I showed you. How good is it for a pilot? That was the pilot. That was the pilot. Now you're a lot more impressed, aren't you? No, I've got a lot more questions. And I just assumed that was... What? There was no setup. It goes straight into, we're spies. We're at Beverly Hills High School. Yay. That was the pilot. That was the pilot. It's manga style, which I was a big fan of at the time. Obviously, I love the theme song. And I was always like, critics... Whatever you say, you cannot take away how good the theme song is. But they play it throughout the whole entire episode. They play it different versions of it. You know, they know it's a good song, so they do run with it. They ram it down your throat a bit. And it did make me sort of think, all right, guys, you've got a good song, but less is more. Make us want to listen to it again. Okay, so should we have some actual stats and facts not based in subjective opinion that's the best kind of facts in the internet world the ones I make up in the internet world (laughs) opinions are facts so Totally Spies is a French Canadian animated TV series created by Vincent Chauvron de Merced and David Michel and produced by Marathon Media the show ran for 156 episodes over six series it was first seen in 2001 there was a series of comic books novels and a prequel theatrical movie production was made and released between the fourth and fifth season and was a co-production with Italy and was released in 2009 did you ever watch that no find it odd that it wasn't like made in Japan well it, it says here that they were very inspired that's what they, they wanted to achieve very in- that look. I mean incredibly inspired I like mean, the first scene is in Tokyo it was incredibly anyone who watches it's incredibly inspired by manga drawings so I feel a bit cheated I think I was being all like oh edgy with my manga so you've got your three characters you've got Sam Alex and Clover I was nearly called Clover why is there two really normal names there, Sam and Alex and Clover? I think Clover's a great name. And it's never explained why they're spies. Oh, it's every show. It's like, there's no explanation. Well, how are they spies? Does it, people know they're spies? The high school spies, high school spies, they go to Beverly Hills High School. And Clover has that, if you were to do an impression of an LA draw. Oh my God. That is how she speaks. But the other characters don't speak like that. Just Clover. But I was nearly called Clover, but my mum didn't because she thought I'd get bullied because of the butter. Kids would not know that. That's, that's too niche for kids. She was pulling at straws. I think they'd find other things to bully me for other than it's like the butter brand. If you're being bullied for being named after a butter brand, they just don't like you, do they? One thing that wasn't very good in terms of like body image and things, these three girls had legs up to their kind of armpits they do have incredibly tiny waists they're proper bums and pointy boobs yeah odd odd for a show that you said you were watching when you're 10 they also made a lot of comments there was this joke that uh, it was said once and i was like "Mm, okay and then ended on the joke as well and i was like oh wow okay so clover would make that she was like this boy obsessed thing oh yeah samantha sex in the city but for children kind of character and uh you know just a bit boy obsessed and that's like an ongoing joke like oh she falls in love with everybody and she's very much like kind of like johnny bravo but a girl and has like the heart you know eyes and goes after these guys she's um goes up to him she's like oh you can even take me out for lunch and get me a low fat latte because that's all she has for lunch and she makes a joke again later and i was like mm-hmm. oh great so if Clover's your favourite and you want to be just like Clover, don't have lunch. Have a low fat latte. It's not great. 
not brilliant, is it? This episode, basically the girls are kind of talking about this musician guy called, was it Dylan? No, Damon. It was Damon. Because I thought, oh, that's a cool name. What, the new guy at school? Yep. Okay. And you guy at school called Damon, who's a musician. And he looks a bit like Kurt Cobain. He looks a bit like Hanson. And Clover instantly falls for him. As we've established, she loves musicians. So they're about to start talking to him. And suddenly they She fall. does talk to him. Oh, she does. And then another girl comes and is like, no, he's mine. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. And she's a... like, I must take him away from her. But then they fall down a hole in the ground. As yeah, you the, do. Be- the bench tips over. Yep. And they fall through. As an integrated system. So have the school agreed to that? Have they said, yeah, okay, on certain benches, you can have a feature where if you press a button, they're going to slide down into a government compound. Look, I don't watch James Bond, but I imagine there's a lot of unexplained things in that too. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but it's just, we don't even know the corporation she's working for. I don't know if it's the government whoop. or if she's just... Whoop. Uh, they're oh, called yeah, whoop. whoop. What do you think it means? World... Organization of hip people. Human protection. Ah, oh, so, so close. it's the World Organization of Human Protection. Okay, fair enough. And there's a fandom page here dedicated to Totally Spies, founded and headed by Jerry Lewis. And they're basically told there's this uh, guy called Ricky. It's basically Ricky Martin, but not Ricky Martin. Ricky Mathis. I was very close. And basically, he's a teen sensation. They're in a record store in Tokyo and the staff there just can't comprehend why the CDs are selling out. He's not even that good, guys. They're like, what's going on? He's got one song, literally one song. That sounds a lot like Ricky Martin's She Bangs. Who's this Ricky Mathis chump anyway? I don't know, but his fans sure seem to like him. He can't keep his lame pretty boy single on the shelf. So this Ricky is a sensation and Jerry decides that the girls need to find out what his real agenda is. How is he doing this? Learn a bit more about him. Well, they managed to get them, the girls, to open for him in London and they stay at the Hip Hotel. In London. Oh, the famous Hip Hotel, guys. It's got lava lamps. It's got those round hanging chairs that we were into at the time there's just loads of things that are really odd about this it's very austin powers where it's all about like peace and love like the airplane they're on when they're going over it says spies on it and it's all like flower power but they, they kind of get away with it because they say that spies is the name of their band and i guess they're hiding in plain sight but they are taking a massive risk for what so they can be clever with their name yeah and even one of the girls actually is really worried because they say, oh, yeah, spies. She's like, no, 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 we're not. No, we're not. And I was like, oh. Oh, that's the good. Just... That's why they're called the spies. There's so many lines and stories that can come out of that in that episode. But there was something quite funny because they're lip syncing to all of it because they realise they have no musical talent. Mm-hmm. The guitars aren't even plugged in. But I always hate it when in TV shows, like, yeah, we're going to be in a band and they're just amazing. And it's like, I've been in a band. That doesn't just happen. That really annoys me too. You know, it's like, they're good at everything. Was Hannah Montana bad at anything? And and they never play to no one. They never play to like two people and you know them. You never played for two people. This is coming from somewhere deep down. You never played for two people. Thanks for for the vote of confidence. Right, good. (laughs) So Clover falls in love with Ricky 
after listening to one of his songs. So the other two don't hear the song and she instantly starts falling in love with him. They think, oh, typical Clay, what's she like? That is, I think, probably word for word was in the script. And even when Damon messages her and sends her flowers to the hotel room, which I was thinking, how... A high school student sending hundreds of roses to London. Oh, I guess she does ring him. So she, she does. does. So maybe that's how, how they know. How much money does this guy have? Also, why are these schoolgirls got jobs? Also, he's got a girlfriend. Like, no, it was what's just he a doing? date. It was just a date. Oh, was it? Also, he's like clearly stupid as well. They like make him very stupid. Also, I think he's one of those guys that just brings the guitar around but doesn't actually play it or know any songs because you never hear him doing anything with it. He's just got it there. And he's like, yeah, I'm a musician. And it's like, no, you're not. I feel like this show's had a lot of nerves with you. <laughs> yeah. You're really bitter about quite small aspects of it. It's just, there's always that one person who whips out the guitar at house parties and they're like, yeah, I know how to play Wonderwall. And it's like, all right. Dave, so do I. Dave Don't might listen to it. this and he won't like that comment. Dave didn't do it. If Dave played guitar, he would play good music at house parties. You love Oasis. I know I do. I'm just saying, that's what I'm saying. I love Oasis and it would annoy me when this person who's learned one song and they thought, oh, what's the most popular song of the last 15 years? And they whip it out and they don't even play it right. They play it wrong and they get the words wrong. And it's like, just, and just do you shout that guitar to them? Do you away. heckle them? Is that a tune? Is that what you do? Because everyone loves that guy too. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves that guy. I also want to take a moment to discuss the gadgets well, before they, they go on their good. mission. Are you being serious? Growing up, one of the best parts of the show was the gadgets. I didn't like Inspector Gadget. I wasn't like, oh, I love gadgets, but gadgets and totally spies. I was like, yes. Well, so coming on, what were the gadgets in this episode? Do you remember? There was an earring that was also like a microphone yeah and that actually to be fair i, I can f- imagine that there was something to do with a hair scrunchie they had shoes that meant you could walk on ceilings like power sucking disco boots i know they call them go-go boots or something like that. he used a weird terminology that Again, wasn't a thing in the noughties either and that 10 year olds wouldn't know this is one it was, of the things it was go-go I'm, boots wasn't it one of the things i'm noticing across these kids shows is that they use this adult terminology that kids are never going to understand but it's because now i bet kids shows because they're written by people in their like 20s and 30s they're using language that the children would use and back then it was written by you know people in their 30s 40s, 40s. they're saying go-go boots instead of just ankle boots uh, well and also just the whole 60s thing where they're all it's like flower power or and all of this boots was probably more relevant in the noughties a pixie boot but they had like a special costume that meant they could go underwater they had a guitar that could do something their gadgets were really good guys and you find out that ricky is also lip-syncing his songs because he said that his record label guy tells him not to sing which he's very upset about but you know he says he doesn't want to argue with success because that's all we care about isn't it is money in every every walk of life oh well you know if you're making money who cares who cares what you're doing they teach you very young don't they have lattes for your lunch and success is all that matters not just normal latte low-fat latte the two girls who aren't not basically not Clover. She was the, actually the most interesting person in this, I thought. Well, Clover, she was the most annoying. The most annoying, but at least she like had a character. She knew what she was doing. Alex is a bit clumsy, but cute. And Sam is like the leader of the pack. And she is basically the smart one and is basically... Blossom. Yes. And she's also 
the kind of tool that the script writers use to explain to the audience what's happening. Well, I think at one point you went, huh? Yeah, that does happen. (laughs) It was quite fun. And I thought it it was entertaining. I think if I was a a 10 year old girl, I would have enjoyed it. I don't think as a guy, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. It was very much aimed at girls, but it was still, even though they were incredibly girly, pointy boobs, I'm boy obsessed and have a makeup mirror that's also a laser. I don't think there was enough action for the guys in terms of like karate or something. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like in Kim Possible. If only like there was karate guys. No, but like, in Kim Possible, they were there for the guy character who was the main second oh, main character. Him. I hated. Did he have like a weird pet? Yeah, the little like, like rodent thing. I didn't yeah, like it was him. horrible. So basically, they find out there was this guitarist who lost his arm in a freak accident. He was heavy metal oh, guy. Wait, wait, what is that? Is that established? Yeah, I they, know he had like a robot arm. But I didn't know it they was. They show a video a of him. Accident. They show a video of him on stage, like rocking out on guitar. I sound so old saying that. And this like fire thing what? comes up because it's part I of the stage show, this. and his arm gets burnt off, and all the girls are like, "Oh, have you made this up?" No, it's in there. We watched it just so now. So why does he want to take over the world? Because now it's all about world domination. I'm not entirely sure why. Just I think he's like, oh, he's annoyed because of his arm. Well, so now he... And that, he's he's heavy metal. He's not pop. We don't trust him. So you have a freak accident happen and then you turn into like a an evil overlord. So yeah, he's like the top producer of Ricky Martin, not Ricky Martin. They basically hear their plan so they hear his next well he's got another single hasn't he yeah because he's only had one song but he's done a lot of gigs with his one song because he's already got the adoring fans now it's basically getting everyone to love and listen to him and oh wow i have to listen i have to listen and the next song is a bit like listen to me i'm ricky world domination follow my lead yeah he's literally something like that and you're my master. I'll follow you as you spread disaster. Take over the government, do as you say. You'll rule the world and I'll obey. And then it's all about they're at this big live gig where he's streaming his music from a satellite, not Clover. So Clover's like... Well, she's gone. She's, she's like gone. She's too obsessed. Yeah. So Sam and Alex have a plan. They have to go and they have to stop this immediately. They get captured, but through their terrible guitar playing, they smash the glass and they all jump through and then they manage to turn the satellite back so that the two producers end up listening to the music and start like being obsessed with Ricky as well. And then they save the day and then Jerry turns up in helicopters from Whoop and arrests the bad men. They go back to school and Clover's had enough. She's really embarrassed that she fell for Ricky Martin, not Ricky Martin, and then turns down Damon. But then another guy turns up, this time with brown hair, and it's like, oh, do you guys know where the um, music room is? And she's like, ah, I'll take you. You could even buy me a low-fat latte. I kind of miss the little kid from Brum doing the voiceovers because that really helps me understand things. They're bad. She likes music. She's in love. That would have helped. That would have helped me. So how does it stack up to when you were watching it compared to now? Because this is one of your favourite TV shows, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I knew like kind of guilty feminist in me was like, I know this definitely wasn't a good show for that. It wouldn't get made today, I don't think, due it to feminism. It could get made, but it just it would need to change. It wouldn't get made like this. No. I think the principle's quite good. And though, those you know, girls solving crimes. Yeah, those slight things that I remembered growing up 
you know, every episode it is Clover's obsessed with a boy. She's boy obsessed. Ah. And then Alex does something clumsy. Sam explains to everybody what's going on. It's definitely a consistent plot that they carry on throughout all episodes. The gadgets are great. The outfits are great. I like that it's all kind of high school, even though they seem scarily old, but also not they old. They do seem old. There was something about, I kept thinking that they seemed really old, they, like uh, 19 or something. They don't, they shouldn't be at school. I think it's the way they're drawn. I think they look too old. They're just too tall. Yeah, I think it's that. I think they, they I was thinking that when I was watching it, they seem really tall. It definitely made me think when, well, when I'm 16, I'll look just like them. And then me turning 16 and being like, what happened? Why aren't I seven foot? So in each episode, do you have a different villain? Yes. It's quite imaginative, I think. But no, I definitely think that whole premise, the whole rock star, the whole idea of subliminal messaging through music, it could definitely be relevant today. But for a first episode, you're right. It does just go straight bang into it. They're spies. We're not sure why they're spies. They're at Beverly, Beverly Hills High School. We don't know their ages. We know nothing of their backstories. And I don't think we ever do. Where are their parents? Do they have any? Where do they live? We don't know. It was just so jarring when that bench turned into a slide. And I was like, does other people see this? Like, what? Happens in every episode. Does so it? They're at, the, they're at the mall having a shopping trip. And then all of a sudden, what? They go into a changing room and fall through the mirror. It's like, whoa, <laughs> we're at Whoop. It's a good idea, isn't it? But it's still, I was thinking this, how in a lot of these female-led superhero TV shows and things like that, they're always working for a man. There's always a man at the top who's yeah. saying and telling them what jobs to do. Yep. I thought that's quite sad. Sadly accurate. Chuckle, chuckle vision. It's a chuckle vision. Chuckle, chuckle vision. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 I don't know how to introduce this because this is an absolute titan of children's television. Chucklevision is a British TV series created by Martin Hughes and the Chuckle Brothers for the BBC. It starred Barry and Paul Elliott as the Chuckle Brothers and occasionally their older brothers too, Jimmy and Brian Elliott. I always knew they had older brother, but I didn't know they had two older brothers. That's very exciting to learn. How many episodes do you think it ran for? Oh my God, 300 that's very close, actually. It ran for 292 episodes over 21 series. And 300's basically From correct. 1987 to 2009. Oh, I love that. And it was voted the best CBBC show of all time by readers of the Radio Times. Did you watch Chuckle Brothers? I did. Did you enjoy it? I mean, I don't think I did, you know. They used to do things that made me really anxious as well. Like there's one where it's like me to you. And I remember they were holding a ladder. Because I remember thinking they were painters. Are they painters? Is that that their job? I remember that episode as well when they're painters. I was pretty sure they were painters and that was what they're always doing. No, the one where they're painters is when they're in their overalls, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Oh, we should have watched that one actually. So they're painters and like he's got his ladder and the other one's having to duck and it's like, to me. And then he like turns and the other guy's to duck and I remember thinking, oh, this is very stressful. No, each episode is a different setting and it's them two getting themselves into trouble basically. So Barry is the smug one, thinks he's really clever and really talented at everything he does. So in the episode we watched, they went fishing and he's always there like, oh, I've got all the gear and I know what I'm doing. Whereas actually Paul 
always ends up being the one who's better than him. Yeah. So Paul's a bit of an underdog. He's very clumsy. He's and... a bit more gentle. I'd say I think Paul's mm. a bit more gentle, means well, but maybe a bit more of the simpler one. He um, seems quite sensitive. You know, he loves drawing. He's a bit more creative and he just kind of follows. He seems to be following his brother's lead. His brother's going, we're doing this today. And he's going, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And before we go into the episode, I've got a little game for you. So I think the Chuckle Brothers are known worldwide. Well, I don't know about worldwide, but they are known in the UK for their catchphrases. And I wondered, how many do you know? Because here I've got one, okay. two, three, four, My five, favorite six, one. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, point fifteen, eight, eighteen catchphrases. My favorite one is, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Okay, so you got one. What? How far is that up in the list? Uh, number four. Obviously, me to you. Yeah, that's number one. It's actually to me, to you, to me, to you. I don't think I can name any more. <laughs> yeah, neither could I, and there's 16 more. Go on, tell me some. One is, caught it is. Silly me, silly you. I mean, fine, okay. Another one is, they both go, hello. That's not a catchphrase. <laughs> And then this is my favourite. What? Usually said to Barry Poole and someone else to stop him from doing something. So, you know, like... Oh, Okay, yeah, I got it. They're stretching a bit calling these catchphrases, though. Another one. It's very nice. It is very nice. It's not a catchphrase. It's like they're all rejects ones from Bruce Forsyth. What a nice man. A very nice man. I like that one. I'm going to use that. That's quite good. Oh, yeah, to be fair, actually, this was a catchphrase, I remember. And it'd always be them saying it to Paul and Barry. And remember, no slacking. But did you know um, Russell T Davies used to write on Chuckle Brothers? Shut up. No, I'm being serious. You're being serious? Isn't that mental? That's amazing. (laughs) What a learning ground. I would love that. Now he's doing years and years. So the episode we watched was called On Your Pike. well done it's funny already guys (laughs) and basically no context whatsoever Paul and Barry get to a river and they're going to go fishing jokes start from day one like as opening scene jokes oh yeah trying to get through you know one of them walks straight through the gate the other one's carrying Paul is the one carrying it all yep yeah so Paul's Paul's carrying all the equipment Barry walks straight ahead and this is where they're wearing the gate behind him they're wearing their um fleeces aren't they that bargain hunt fleeces they're wearing the bargain hunt fleeces one of them's got red on one of them's got blue on <laughs> and they both got these like beige trousers on and it's like who's styling this show why are they wearing that they meant to look like your granddad but why? So they're not want children to think, oh, it's like it's like silly old granddad. Oh yeah, that's oh that's a really good point actually. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, it is a lovely show. I would have my kids watching this still. I didn't find it offensive. Do you know what? It's, it's dated comedy, but it's not dated in terms of like being misogynistic or anything else. It was better than I remembered. But I think that's because it's quite. This is what I was saying earlier. It's quite adult, isn't it? In terms of the content, the jokes about angling and fishing and all of this. I'm like, there's like a Dame kids Judy. Kids aren't gonna know this. They make a joke about Dame Judy Dench. Oh yeah, when they're doing fish puns, isn't it Dame Judy Trench or something? Yeah. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. <laughs> oh my 
<laughs> that was quite a cute moment in the show actually they're just telling each other jokes and it felt very real but they were just both laughing it was very sweet so anyway they get to the, the river and it's a trout farm and they don't realize that it's it's not a trout farm actually it's just like a trout lake it's, a guy owns it's honestly it. actually a really hard concept i got a bit lost halfway through well the, the river split up in two and they don't realise that they're fishing in the lake. No, in the guy's trout farm bit. And then one of them's in the trout farm bit. And the other one, Barry, is in the normal lake. And Barry can't catch anything. And Paul's using like a twig. And he's managing to catch loads. So, you know, Barry's there, he's got all the gear. He's got this like special equipment. And he's not catching a single trout or anything for that matter. Whereas Paul rocks up doesn't even really care and he's catching loads they keep swapping places and things like that because they keep trying to figure out why is paul swapping catching equipment. so much you and... miss a bit when paul draws a picture of barry oh yeah why does he do that because he's a sensitive guy he likes drawing he's a creative he draws him and it's a really terrible drawing and we're like Haha, it's like a child's drawing and then barry sits down and his paint's still there he gets oh. blue paint all over his bum oh yeah he did do that it's very um a welcoming type of comedy, which just it reminded me of them, Laurel and Hardy, yeah. actually, but with dialogue. Yeah, they're clearly very inspired by that. Very Blackpool esque type comedy, where it's, you know, the, the double acts. And it's lovely, you know, it's not offensive in the slightest. At times, it's a bit much. You know, it's a 15 minute episode, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how many one liners and stuff I can deal with. And we were both really disappointed they never did Me To You, actually. Yeah. But I mean, it's because they had so many other catchphrases. We probably heard the, you know, I. We probably heard that. We definitely heard, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, they did that. They did, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, which is an absolute classic. And basically, the trout farmer comes out and he's really annoyed. So, you know, you're fishing in my land. And then they realize that Barry, the reason he's not been catching anything is because there's nothing in that lake because there's a giant pike who's eating all the fish. And at that point, Paul catches the pike and they're like wrestling with it. And it's like a massive plastic fish. That's very obviously fake, which, you know, they, they can't get away from that. I didn't they? think it was that obvious. And, and they started doing a Jaws parody mm-hmm. with it. Like, they did an underwater cam, which I thought was quite cool, actually. Paul, in the background, is like, you know, hijinks. Oh, what do I do? And he chucks the pike by accident into the trout bit. He's then really worried because they're like, oh, no, we need to get it out of there because it's going to eat all the trout. But do you see what I mean? Why do kids care about this? They would not care about this. I didn't care about it and I'm 26. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm really, it's a lake, you're fishing. But then that was when the best scene happened because they went into the lake and actually on a fishing boat to catch this pike to get mm-hmm. it out of there. And that's when they start telling each other the like fish puns and jokes. And you know, that was good. It reminds me of Gone Fishing with Bob Mortimer. That bit was lovely. I could. It was watched... exactly like it. I think Bob Mortimer and his also successful friend he does a show with Paul Whitehouse. I think they saw this episode and went, you know what? Yeah, let's that do that. Is, there's a show. In let's that. do that. And that was really nice. And I think they talk about fishing less in going fishing or whatever it is than this episode of the Tracker Brothers because. My God. Well, yeah, there was a lot of talk about the fishing. And that's when they they get hold of the pike. He thinks he's chucked it into the right area. But unfortunately, they're on the other side of the lake now. So they've actually chucked it back into the trout farm. And that's that's the end. 
I mean, that is quite complicated. That My is quite a confusing. Hurts. For that to be aimed at children and for us to struggle as people in their mid and late 20s, that was really confusing. They're legends and it's... Their uh, chemistry was really, really uh, good. And you don't, you Faultless. can't, you can't create that, you know, it's like the whole Anton Deck thing. They're, they're genuinely best friends, aren't they? You just can't manufacture that kind of chemistry. Also, and I forgot they did this, but I remember enjoying this when I was younger as well. In the closing credits, they do outtakes. Oh, and it's lovely. I just really liked that. And I think that's quite unusual on kids' TV shows to acknowledge, actually, that the show's not real, guys. Well, they only started doing that from this series that we watched. So we watched series 13, which was released in 2002, thinking, you know, that probably been the time we were watching. And that's when they introduced doing that. It brought back really happy memories for me. Did you watch it in the mornings or in the afternoon? Because the one we watched, they had ripped it from TV and it was at seven o'clock in the morning. I don't remember watching it that early. I think I watched it in the afternoon. I'm pretty sure I did watch it in the afternoon. Like, I don't think I was that big of a fan. I've never, similar like when I was speaking about Did you find them attractive? No. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought they were incredibly old. I was like, these people are very old. And then I was really shocked when like, I was doing like university stuff and they were like turning up at different things. I was like, but they they look the same, but they were old years ago. Mm. It's very confusing for me. I'm not a big slapstick fan. And that is primarily what they're known for. Not even now. And also as a child, wasn't my favorite. But their chemistry and their jokes. And there was something very lovely and old fashioned about it as well, which I really enjoyed. And I think actually a lot of their jokes were a little bit adult, actually. Not in like, but not in a seedy way. No, no. Which I think is a really hard thing to do. And I always say, uh, so one of my favorite comedians is Noel Fielding. And he very rarely swears in his comedy or is super crude. And I just sort of think that's a really hard thing to do. And you should really kind of respect and recognize it when, you know, comedians are able to do that because it's actually quite difficult to do kind of grown a comedy that's aimed that, you know, grown up can also enjoy that is not seedy. Well, it makes it family friendly, doesn't it? It, make, it means that you can watch that with your, your dad or your granddad or your grandma or whoever. I think if I was watching that at home, my parents would have enjoyed it more than me, if I'm being perfectly honest. But I wonder what the original, like the origins of the Chuckle Brothers. They did win, so they came onto the scene, they won the talent show Opportunity Knocks in 1967. I remember my mum talking about Opportunity Knocks, I'm pretty sure. You know, when Channel 5 used to do those really like, the 100 best, the 100 greatest. Oh, yeah. I've definitely heard of Opportunity Knocks. That was a big thing. I think a lot of stars came from that. They won the 2010 series of Celebrity Coach Trip. (laughs) Of course they did. And they, they did a lot of, um, as you can imagine, like stage work. So they did like a stage production. Like Cinderella or, oh, I thought you meant like um, pantomimes. I think, I think they did pantomimes as well, mm. actually. They performed in 51 pantomimes together. Oh my God. Oh, that would be amazing to see them both together, actually. Imagine being really drunk and at a pantomime watching them. That'd be a great yeah, day. Yeah, I think that'd be really good. I also really like about them, which can't be said for a lot of children tv stars really even though they're not children but you know stars of children's tv they genuinely loved it and you can mm. tell that they loved it I bet well, they'd co- have to do that many episodes i bet on coach like trip they were doing their catchphrases as they call them all the time and to me to you they would have they seem to genuinely love it and that's why they probably end up doing freshers weeks because i think our generation is the most nostalgic generation of all actually i'd say 
you can just tell they genuinely loved it. They weren't embarrassed or being like, oh no, I don't do that. You know, we've seen a lot of big 80s bands who refuse to do their hits and, you know, you sort of think, oh, you're not going to do the one big song right then. They would be doing them all. But I think the Chuckle Brothers definitely stands up because a lot of TV shows don't at all. They disintegrate when you go back and watch them because like we said about the in totally spies with the low fat latte and things like that you're like oh god this is reflecting a time that i don't like this just reflects a time where things were kind of a bit simpler and kind of wholesome actually Mm -hmm. I, i really liked it for that and i think it's almost timeless in a way. And also, Chuckle Brothers is just a brilliant name for a duo, isn't it? I just realised it's Chuckle, like laugh. Yeah. Why have I only just realised that? It's a brilliant name. Mm -hmm. They're better than I remembered. So I think if you are feeling like you want to reminisce, I I would actually say, yeah, you know, don't watch a whole episode. Don't do that to yourself. But watch a little bit. It's very soothing. And I feel like they were emulating a time before them. And it was just... Yeah, you could see their influences. Yeah, you? the name Chuckle Vision has dated. Yeah, you're right. It shouldn't just just been called Chuckle Brothers. Chuckle TV. Yeah, Chuckle Brothers, Chuckle TV. Yeah, the, Chuckle, that Chuckle seemed... Vision. Chuckle Vision. Uh, Chuckle Vision. <laughs> Do you reckon they made the song first? I and mean, that was why they were like, oh, we've got to use it now. We Are have they singing to use on it? They, they don't sing it, do they? No, they don't sing it. No. We've had our starter. There was a nice little taster. We've had our main, which has got a meaty, like, We've had a low-fat latte to start. Yeah. We've had a pike for dinner. What and are we now... having for dessert? I don't know. They mentioned food in it. Oh, they do. They have a pie yeah. at one point. <laughs> Magic house. This is an incredibly scary and unnerving TV show. Whereas the Chuckle Brothers was warming and lovely, I think if you watch this after having too much to drink or just feeling a bit anxious, this would send you into an absolute spiral. So I had, so just as a bit of context, I had the Magic House on VHS. We have established by speaking with my parents, my VHSs were bought from a market in Billericay. I was born years after that. That's fine, guys. I don't mind having my brother's hand-me-downs. It's fine. Um, so that's why I didn't have all the Disney videos. I did have the Magic House. You know, a lot of us would kind of reminisce about TV shows we used to watch. I remember always thinking there was this thing and it was like a house and they sang songs and the things in the house that came to life and they were creepy looking. What was it? And it was genuinely bugging me. And I was thinking, oh my God, what was that? What was that I used to watch? And thanks to lovely YouTube, I can try and find out. I'm thinking, oh, what could it be called? You know, it's like a magic house. So I just typed in the magic house and there it was. Me and my brother, I, me, uh, when I showed my brother, he was like, oh my God, yes, I remember this. I want to know if you do also remember this. I doubt you Wee, do. She said the title of the TV show, I the doubt podcast. You remember this? Oh, that was horrific. So, The Magic House is a British children's television animation puppet show created by Joe Austin that was broadcast on Scottish television from the 7th of January 1994 to the 30th of July 1996. Oh no, so it only had like two series. <laughs> it had 55 episodes. Oh no, it's quite a lot of episodes though. Of 10 minutes. They were aired across the ITV network between 1994 and 1998. Proved a success with the characters appearing in adverts for the trustee saving bank for children's saving accounts. 
Great. Why? Because it, if it was being first originally aired on BBC Scotland, why wasn't any of them Scottish? One of them was Scottish. One of the teapots was Scottish. Oh, Kitty was Kettle. It? Kitty Kettle had a Scottish accent. Well, not a very strong Scottish accent. There, it was there. So the opening credits, you've got a cartoon house. And it's like all a smiley door. It's like yeah. vibrating. It's all like jumping up and down. <laughs> it's like bouncing along like to like the me tune Gemma of the song. at the moment, we're both like doing our shoulders up and down and that's exactly how it was. It was and it like really does weird. it in time to the music and it's like, yay, in the magic house. It's like watching something. If you want to know what Magic Mushrooms is like, just watch this. It does I give off that vibe. This has to be what it's like. They, these guys who created it did that and then thought, right, let's put our experiences into a script. And lo and behold, they've got the magic house. Even though that's a cartoon, show is not a cartoon. Do not be fooled. No, it's one of those hybrid. Yeah, because the intro is all animated, isn't it? But the show is not. No. The show is puppets. Very colourful puppets. And it's basically, concept of the Magic House is that, you know, the similar to kind of Beauty Toy and the Beast story. style, the items are alive. This house, though, the person who owns this house is a bit mental, where they have like five teapots. You've got the grandfather clock, who is like the old wise one. <laughs> also, grandfather clocks are mentioned a lot in kids' TV shows. Obviously, Goosebumps. Yeah. One of the most infamous episodes. Is there I just have nightmares clock? about that episode. Here's a challenge for you. Can you name all the characters in the Magic House? Because I was just trying to think then what happens. There's so many characters. Well, you've got a bin. Barney oh, the, bin. The, the bin's amazing. Barney bin. He's, like, oh, he's a bit like Eeyore. He's like, oh, no. What is this? Oh, my mom. Maybe he speaks a bit like this. And then, what are we doing today? No, you're making him sound a bit more chavvy, but... No, but that's how he sounds. <laughs> he just speaks in just quite a broad way, doesn't he? So he's like a bit of the Eeyore character. He's a bit like, so because he's a bin. I'm sad and I'm Barney bin. <laughs> then you've got Kitty Kettle, who's Scottish. You've got Soapy Bubbles. Oh, yeah, Soapy Bubbles. It's the most annoying It's just one. a bit like, oh, I'm Soapy Bubbles. <laughs> you got oh, Grandfather who's her Clock. friend? Her friend's annoying. You've got Mr. Brush. but he's yeah, a, What's Mr. his name? Mr. Brush, I didn't like him. That's the one you do a really good impression. He's very smug. He's like, well, I think. Oh, well, I was going to be doing this today. Yeah, he's a bit like that, and he's a brush. Your drawing's rubbish. Yes, that's a really good impression. <laughs> Then you've got two more teapots. One that's a policeman pot. Oh, yeah. PC. Why is there a PC, PC pot? Why was he in there? And then another pot. Why is it a policeman pot? Because the other ones like Why resemble what they does are. Does this woman or man who owns this house have so many teapots? It's unnecessary. No, it but is nobody has, no, but nobody owns a teapot that's shaped like a policeman. Oh, they did in the olden days. They did used they? to have ones that look like loads of like stuff and they've also got hg wells which is quite oh, a yeah. good pun hg wells is good so that's a that's a well in the garden who's a magic well because it's not just a magic house with like household items that are real they've also got hg wells but i wish they made it a bit more subtle rather, you know, oh let's go and speak to harvey gordon wells rather than just hg wells like yep that's the author <laughs> why be subtle when you can be obvious yeah basically the spouts of the, like, because they have so many teapots, the spouts make me feel a bit sick. They're very red. Oh, yeah, their noses, yeah. Yeah, their noses, but they're really, like, red and, like, a bit... A bit elephant trunky. A bit phallic, is that the right phallic. word? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're a bit is. phallic. It makes me feel a bit sick. You're going to try and explain what happens in this episode? 
Yeah, it was quite a simple episode, to be fair. It's rain. It's very much aimed at children. It's raining outside. I think it's called Imagination. And the episode's all about imagination. It's raining outside. So they're like, what do we do? And um, she doesn't want to go outside because she doesn't want her teddy to get wet. That's like a cute little thing. So Grandfather Clock says, why don't we do some coloring? And then he gets out these crayons. He's like, (laughs) red for you, soapy bubbles. And hands them all out. He's like, oh, and then green for Grandfather. Oh, it's me. And they they giggle a lot. They, their laughs are horrific. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> they just giggle at everything, like after every scent. It's like the worst canned laughter you can ever imagine, where the characters just giggle after every word any of them says. They get, and they also, so then they get allocated an hour quite a long time oh yeah i thought that was because it was going in like 15 minute slots and i thought this is a drawing yeah. competition so, so surely it'll be 15 draw. minutes we don't have children we don't actually know any children my knowledge of children is based purely on louise Wikipedia. <laughs> it's basically yeah. i watch louise pentland's insta oh no i watch rosie ramsey rosie ramsey's instagram louise pentland's vlogs are the whole basis of my knowledge on children i think to a child an hour is a long time an incredibly long time to be focusing on one thing. Yeah, they're going to do one task for, for one an hour. hour. And then their pictures are so disappointing. They're terrible. They so have an so hour. They are so disappointing for and an hour. Two of them haven't even finished their basic drawings in that time. Yeah, he hadn't drawn They've the legs. They've not finished it. So you've got one of them drew some food. He drew a pie. He drew some raspberries. He's, he drew something else. And it's really tedious because the grandfather clock just goes around each and every one going... So what no, did you, you say draw? that? But then I panicked when he started talking about his own drawings. Said, "Well, I think everyone's drawings are good, but we hadn't seen the brushes and soapy bubbles drawings." And I'm thinking, oh, I remember saying to you, "Well, oh, that's rude." You know, I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, well, "I haven't seen them all." So even they say it's tedious. When he nearly didn't show everybody's drawings, I got a bit stressed. I was a bit <laughs> like, "Well, that's not everybody's drawings, is it, Grandfather Clock? We've not seen two yet." But then we did, we saw them all. Don't worry, guys. One of them was of the seaside. One of them was of, he drew a garden with trees, with lots of like apples and flowers in it. Someone else drew their favorite toys, which was like a kite and a car. Soapy Bubbles had drawn her teddy bear, but she hadn't finished her legs yet. And the brush, creepy yeah. brush oh, person. Oh, a monster. Yeah, but it wasn't scary enough yet and he hadn't finished it. Then all of a sudden, yay, the sun's out. The rest of the women went off, but Soapy Bubbles and Brushman were like, no, we haven't finished. Like she can't have a teddy without legs. That's too sad. So they finished them. And then they were really happy with them. She's like, oh, I wish my teddy was real. So they were like, she was like, you know, I'm going to go and ask HG Wells if I can have a wish. And then she went and spoke to him. And he basically, because I thought, this is definitely something they've done on the other episode is where they put it in the well and like the bucket and they... They push it down, like that, wheel it down. But he was just like, just go back and wish really hard. <laughs> the power of positive thinking. That is setting up kids for such a fool, isn't it? No, the power of positive thinking. What po- did you used to wish for, by the way? I used to wish a lot that I could fly. Fairies. So, and also all these characters are meant to be like super, super young. You can tell they're like toddlers, basically. You're meant to be able to relate to Soapy Bubbles and be like, that's like me. So she's like, oh, it's Power of Positive Thinking. It's a documentary for Netflix, guys. You just wish really hard. You, you picture you it happen. It. it happens. Teddy Soapy comes Bubbles alive. Comes back. Teddy starts waving at her. The brush man, you know, don't be stupid. I don't care even if it does the hokey pokey. It was quite... Hokey g- pokey. Oh, yeah, no, it was the hokey, Wait, co- hokey pokey. <laughs> <laughs> and it does do the hokey pokey and there's a little song and he's like singing in the background like... Oh. 
Oh, the bear is cute. Also, it's really well done because it's their drawings up on the wall. And obviously, it's all live action and puppets. And then the drawings start are actually animated. It's, it's very cool. And then he looks up and he realizes, oh, my God, it is happening. I wonder if I can get my monster to come alive. And then his monster does. And then he roars. And they get such a fright. They go underneath the table. And they're like, oh, no. And then they're like, oh, maybe he didn't mean to roar. And the like, monster starts crying. It reminded me, because we've been doing a lot of puppy training stuff recently, and it reminded me of that where the monster just doesn't know what it's doing. It, it can't express itself. Exactly. So like, well, how about we have an idea? Maybe, are you lonely? Do you want a friend? Let's put drawings together, and then they can all, like, be friends. And they're like, yay! Oh, they say yay a lot. Like, yeah, after every drawing, they went, yay! Ha 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 ha! Yay! Like, there's a lot of that over absolutely nothing. Yay! You've drawn a kite. Maybe it was an allegory for like, you know that kid at school who's always really angry at like the bully. Yay! <laughs> and what they're doing is actually acting Yay. out because they can't express themselves. And it's like, are you lonely? Maybe. Although if I went and said to the bully at school, "Are you lonely?" I would definitely be bullied even harder. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have ended well, really. What's hurting you? Have your parents divorced? Ah, and then after, and then, yeah, the rest of the classmates just respond to everything about going, ha ha ha, yay! <laughs> so then all the other, like the Barney, Bin, Tilly Teapot, Kitty Kettle, whatever, come back in because they've heard all this commotion. And then they have an even, Grandfather Clock has an even better idea. Let's put all of our drawings together. Oh, and this is actually really sweet. sweet. Oh yeah, one sweet. of them draws the magic house. That was one of the other drawings. And then the teddy and the monster can go for a day at the beach. They can have eat some pies. They can go and play in a garden. They can even go in their own magic house. And you see the cartoons go into the magic house and they're waving at this like little drawing of a door. It's That's very sweet. How it ends. It was a lovely ending. It actually. was actually really cute. I can see why, as a child, I really liked it. It was just very like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute too. Like similar to what I was mentioning in the last episode about Tots TV. I like it when they just stay in the house. Don't leave the house. <laughs> well, they got punished for leaving the house. The other ones because they missed out on all the exciting action. Exactly. So it's very. I can see why it was very much to my taste as a child. The puppets are horrific. They're not They good remind puppets. me of the don't hug me, I'm scared puppets. They I think that's not, where they must be inspired from. They are not cute at all. They are very creepy looking. Big eyes and I don't know, big features. They look a bit cheap. <laughs> yeah, they do look if a I'm going to be honest. I also, side note, I bought a really good VHS from Pastimes, my favourite shop growing up, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I was quite old because I remember my brother hated it. But it was Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, but it was puppets. And like Aslan was a puppet. It was oh. a really good puppet. That was a good puppet. These puppets are not good. So does it? do you remember watching The Magic House? Yeah. So what was it like watching it back now? I remember just feeling relief that it's real. <laughs> I didn't imagine it. I was like, no, it is a TV show. I did watch it. And then my brother being like, yes, we, that was a VHS that was quite well loved by me. I didn't know anyone else that had watched it. I don't remember it being on TV. I only ever remember watching it on VHS. So I think it was just more relief. Like, yay, this is actually a I thing. didn't make it up. Barney the Bin is the main one I remember. And I remember the cartoon of the house. Like I can, I could visualize the house really uh, I was, clearly i was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't as psychedelic and off-putting as the intro the intro of the animation is really very out there but i think i would still you know if we had children or were looking after children i would be happy to put it on 
I don't know if their parents would be very happy for me to put it on. I think it's a great show. I loved it. I And especially with a VHS, you know, with TV a lot of the time, you'd end up watching things just because it was on before the TV show you wanted to watch or something like that. Or, oh, that was the only thing on CBBC on in the morning while you were having breakfast. Mm. Whereas to actively choose, this is a VHS. You know, we've established, I didn't have that many VHSs. For me to be like, this is a VHS. I want to watch. I'm going to put on and I'm going to love it. I think it shows, yeah, it must be good. It must be good for children. I loved it. So thanks for listening to this extra long episode of Remember This. Basically, we watched Totally Spies and Chuckle Vision and thought, don't know, we fancy something weird. We needed something that's just going to shake it up a bit. So that's what The Magic House has hopefully done. You can subscribe and rate and do all the other stuff on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. We really appreciate it. Please tell your friends. And yeah, let us know what you would like us to watch next. We've had a few requests. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers came Okey in. Okie doke. Okie doke. That's a great show. Yeah, I really want to watch that. My recommendation is Bananas in Pajamas. Which I I'm never watched that. Watching. I think we should do Barney the Dinosaur. Never watched it. And I really, really want to do, purely for this kind of really weird pun is Dick and Dom in the Bungalow <gasps> for their um, Dom cr- Dom Dick and Dom do you remember the bit in the show would be Creamy Muck Muck oh. it's like oh he's got Creamy Muck Muck all over me I used to like Little Dick and Little Dom Little Dick <laughs> <laughs> they were like the updated Chuckle Brothers in a way they were like the poor man Santa and Deck <laughs> that's nice <laughs> <laughs> it's true though I think that is a decent compliment so yeah let us know what you think we should be watching and if you watched magic house and if there you watch must, magic house there must be other people out there like there must be i think we're gonna do a film are soon. you scottish was it a big thing in scotland Gemma showed me a while ago the first part of um barbie goes to the moon it's called like barbie and the rockers barbie and the rockers and we want to watch spy kids it's on netflix so yeah so we might do a film soon and just do one episode lizzie mcguire movie film. lizzie mcguire's coming back she is now an adult and it's being uh, revived. So we need to watch Lisa Maguire movie. But yeah, let us know what you'd like us to watch. You can find me at Matt Bentley Viney. Uh, if you type it on Twitter, Instagram, that comes up. Where can we find you, Gemma? Gem Bentley Viney. G-E-M-M. Bentley Viney. Oh, it is just Gem Bentley. I'm sorry. I haven't committed yet to that social media news. You're married. Oh, it's a bit of an effort there, isn't it? And we will speak to you next week. I've been Matt Bentley Viney. I've been Gem Bentley or Gemma Bentley Viney. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.